our lunch meeting, our kind of annual meeting where we discuss numbers and whatnot. And like we have like one extra person on our team, technically two, because I think last year when we did this, one of my guys was out on military leave. Yeah. And um, and so like I was talking to my wife and I was like, should I buy, should I get the the XL meal for 18 or for 12? Like there's no like 16 or anything in between it. She's like, how many people you got? I said, 15. She goes, get the 18. I got the 18 and there was so much food left over. Yeah. And then when I told her how much I spent on it, she said, bring it home. Because <laughs> I was going to be like, yo, y'all can, y'all want to take some to-go plates. Y'all want this, that, or that. Go ahead. You know, if there's anything left over, I'll take it home. She's like, no, bring it home. Bro, so I've been eating there. pulled pork or burnt ends for like, Four days. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this, and you are listening to the show um, that is rocking the Travis Kelsey. Um, it's another episode of It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. <laughs> the wild cherry um, Pepsi. I don't know why they did my guy like that, man. Like he's just minding his business. He wasn't yeah. trying to, you know. Um, I don't know what this is. We just started. Oh, yikes. You know what's funny is I actually put somebody on to uh, Losa's podcast uh, like two nights ago. Um, I was talking about my podcast, and they were like, you do a podcast? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, this is about sports. They're like, I'm not big on sports. I was like, well, I got another podcast you can listen to, you know, and put them on to talk that real. So, you know. I did my charity for the for the year. All right, all right, all right. Dope. Shout out to the homies B Reese. Man, I, I need to see if Reese is actually can get can free himself long enough to actually you know talk about the Chiefs. I know he is Mister Everything right now to everybody. So I would love to have him at some point, if maybe next week. He said it, not me, Los. I did not say charity. I would love to have Reese on. He's a contributor to Arrowhead uh, Pride. Um, to talk about the Chiefs and about this game that's coming up Sunday. All right, um, we got a good show lined up for you. Got a couple of things we want to talk about. Going to talk about obviously the Super Bowl. Going to talk about. Uh, I want to talk battle rap because obviously some big news broke this week with the uh, with the OG Smack White himself. Yeah, and about the big bag and what that may mean for uh, battle rap. What that may mean for artists, so on and so forth. Um, so we can get into that. But let's uh, let's start with uh, we're going to start with sport a sports angle if you will um so i ran across <laughs> let's talk about the history of the fate i you know i would love to get a a barber to come on and give us an actual history lesson i might highlight my homie mano um did my mouse just die i mean nothing's popping up on the screen um i'd love to get my homie mano on to talk about the history of the fade um, and we can we can do that. So um, let's get into it. So I want to talk about something that I found to be interesting. Hopefully you'll find it to be interesting, especially if you are engaging in this activity. And that is gambling. Right. So I happen to see. Um, hold on. Give me one second. Like my mouse is not working. <laughs> like I'm not sure what's happening. Like I'm trying to actually pull up this doggone these stats so I can actually see it. But it is not working. Like I can't pull comments up on the screen. It's connected. Man, Apple is letting me down something vicious right now. 
It seems like that's a weekly thing, you know. All I'm gonna say is it was it's it's every other week right now. Android, it's so every I, other week. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's I can't even like I can't even remove myself from the pot like from the from the stream. I don't know what's happening. I'm glad we weren't like wide version because like Norman was just like in the cat litter box over here just doing his thing. I'm like, I'm looking at him on this, I'm like, oh, I can kind of see him. I'm like, we were in the wide version, but hey, Norman's alive, let him do whatever he wants. All right, I'm not gonna close out the sh- Ah oh, man, like people saying dish the apple, and I'm like, I can't even put your comment on the screen so I can even see so the world can see it. Either way, anyway. Um, let's talk about gambling. So, and I'm on my phone, so I can't even look up the stats because I'm using my phone as a camera. So the stats basically are saying that gambling is up in the NFL. Um, last year broke a record in terms of how many people gambled and how many, how much was gambled. Um, I just saw a stat we were talking before the show started that 68 million Americans are scheduled to place a bet on the Super Bowl this year. Um, that's a 35 percent increase over last year, which is which was a record. And we're also talking about, I believe, over a billion dollars. Yeah, there's the notes. Big enough, you know, you know, the Android, um, you could actually read it from there because, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a proliferation of younger people, especially in, in college, who are gambling. They are taking their funds that are meant for financing their education. They're putting it on these apps, prize picks. Uh, I almost said don't flop because that was FanDuel, DraftKings, and <laughs> play, <laughs> and making these wagers. Um, and it is hurting them, obviously, from a financial standpoint, but also in a, their ability to get an education because the money meant to go to their schooling is going to these apps. And so for me, as I looked across the landscape of what has happened over the last couple of years, there's a quote from Roger Goodell in 2015 and when which he was asked about whether or not the NFL would ever uh, sponsor or be be partners with gambling, a casino or gambling sites. And he unequivocally said, no, that is not something that we will do. And then a couple of years later, Vegas gets a team, DraftKings, Caesars, um, all of these sites are partnering with not only NFL, with the NFL, but with the owners um, and with players. So I, I said all that to say, do you think, Oh gosh, I wish proliferation is P or somebody Trent says spell proliferation. And yeah, it's P R L L I F E R R. Is it double R? I think it is double no R. R. No just R. Just one, no, just one R, not two. Proliferation, yeah. So P-R-O-L-I-F-E-R-A-T-I-O-N. Proliferation. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, so I said all that to set up this question. Do we have a sports gambling problem in America? Good question. Um <clears throat> So I would be interested to know if going back five years or even a decade, what the average age of like the, uh, the, I guess, better or gambler, you know, would be, you know what I mean? I would, I would say that it probably has dropped five or six years, you know, or five you know, in the last like decade, you know, like, I, cause I just think about myself, like, you know, I just think gambling for me was always kind of like an old, like, like, like older type people think it wasn't like once you turn 21, you started gambling, you know, mm-hmm. once you turn 21, you started drinking, you know, once you turn 21, you started going to the clubs. It wasn't like, ah, I get to gamble now, you know? Um, however, now, you know, um, with, with, you know, it being at our fingertips in, I don't know how many States right now, but I think it's, it's probably closer to 20 States. I think um, it's 30. 
I think it's 30. 30. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, within, within, you know, the realm of just being able to pull up your phone and do it right there. My thing is this is like the younger, the younger crowd is doing it. And anytime the younger crowd is doing something like gambling, um, it can be a problem because a lot of times they don't have the the finances or the maturity or the wherewithal to know how to handle something as dangerous, you know, as gambling can be. And so um, with those numbers being exponentially E X P O N E exponentially, um, <laughs> bet, you know, bigger and than, than last year and the year before, like I would say that we are definitely um, trending towards it being, I think what we were talking about earlier off 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 of camera, like uh, a silent, uh, what was it, epidemic? Yeah, silent epidemic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do think we we might have a problem, right? And I think we've talked about this in the past, and I've talked about how I've been annoyed at just how much gambling has infiltrated the sports landscape, right? Like it used to be when you would watch like a football game, it's a blowout. Maybe someone scores a late touchdown. That is, that's, a, that can be considered a bad beat. Right. And you would have the, one of the, uh, like Brent Musburger or, um, Al Michaels go, well, that touchdown is going to be of interest to some of you out there. Right. Like it was yeah. kind of like a, a silent wink and a yeah. nod. Right. Well now, I mean, you got shot to Matthew Barry, but Matthew Barry is giving you his, his picks of the week. Right. He's telling you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on prize picks and I'm taking Tyreek Hill over on receptions or yards. or I'm taking Patrick Mahomes under on pass. Like now you're giving kind of like these stone cold locks, things that you had to call a hotline to do or or go to a website to get that. Maybe if at your job might be blocked because it's a gambling content. Right. Um, now you can just pick up your phone and you can do it. And I do think, you know, part of this is it's competition. Right. It's. I don't know if we necessarily think about it like that, but it's you versus the house mm-hmm. and you have these invested, these interested parties that you're invested in hitting these marks. And so, you know, like you said, with young people, it is something that more and more young people are getting their hands on, not just young people, but people our age, people older than us, people who are professional, who who maybe used to call a bookie. Now they can just go to DraftKings or FanDuel or Caesars or, you know, what, whatever apps that exist and make bets. And I feel like with a, a site like prize picks, I feel like prize picks makes it really easy, right? Because their whole game is over under, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, you think somebody's going to get more or less. That is super simple. Um, And you get, we, with the competitive nature, we think we know, we know sports, right? Like yeah. any, any schmuck go, Oh yeah. uh, LeBron James is good. Or this person is not right, and so right. You, you can you know more than the experts, um, and so this is a virtual pros versus Joes with money on the line because the people who set these lines in Vegas, they are the pros. Um, shout out to Mister Biscuit in the building, man. I can't get this. Like I said, I can't get the the notes up, but shout out to Mister Biscuit in the building. But yes, I think this is an epidemic, and I think this is a true problem. And here's my concern. My concern is that with the general sadness, anxiety, unhappiness that people are experiencing in life and that they are projecting on the Internet. That someone is going to bet something on these games, it's not they're going to fall short. It's going to be 
almost everything they have, if not everything they have, yeah. and they're then going to try to hurt themselves, someone else, or an athlete themselves. Right. To me, that is kind of like the the final uh, end game, which I hope never happens. But you see what happens when. So I'll use you as an example, right? Like you had a stretch where I think you might have posted on, online uh, like, yo, KD, like, bro, yeah. you owe me bread, right? You owe me bread. Like you you fell short. Like you were one point or a couple of points away. I hit this huge parlay and you let me down, right? And you see that all the time on social media. I mean, you see that from a fantasy perspective, right? And so I feel like you have all these people who are investing in this heavily, and if it doesn't end up with the with the promise that they thought that they're going to try to harm people. And I use myself as an example and I'll let you you can you can have the floor. I think I might have told this story on the show before. But yeah. playing fantasy football, I drafted Roy Williams, wide receiver, second round of my fantasy draft. He was on the on the Cowboys that year. And, you know, I'm thinking he's going to have a banging year. He stinks up the joint. And I never forget. I watched him drop a couple of passes. One might have been a touchdown. And I get online and I start Googling Roy Williams' address. And this is when these things were a lot easier to find because I'm like, yo, I'm pulling up and you about to run my fade. And listen, I didn't have anything on – I didn't have money on the line. It was just my pride. Like, I didn't have no, no bet, no, no prize picks, no, no parlays, no over-unders, anything on the line. It was simply my pride was hurt because Roy Williams – was stinking up the joint. Um, and at that point, I realized, you know what? Maybe I should quit playing fantasy football. And I had retired from all my leagues until we started talking crazy online on Twitter. And that's how Winter Go Home was birthed, was us talking crazy back and forth about who knows more about football and da-da-da-da-da. But, yeah, man, like like I said, that's me with, with nothing on the line. I can't imagine someone who's putting $500, $1,000 etc on the line losing it and now again this is just another thing that's gone wrong in their life and they're looking for someone or something to take it out on so that's my that's my spiel man yeah um <clears throat> i know like on the on the document you have like uh, the question is there a such thing as gambling responsibly um and that's an interesting question um because I tend to look at gambling the same way you look at kind of like drinking and doing different things like, you know, in moderation. I don't necessarily think it's entirely a bad thing. Um, but, man, responsibly, um, the word gamble doesn't even sound like a responsible you know, word. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just, just the verb itself means like to risk. You know what I mean? And I don't know that that's 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 a, re, a responsible action is risking, you know. Um, so that's that's kind of like, you know, kind of a, a way to look at it. But. um, But, yeah, I, I would just say, like, man, like, you know, you and I went to Vegas for the first time ever. What's it been like? How long? Eight. It'll be 10 years this year. Twenty fourteen. It'll be 10 years. Oh, 10 in years October. ago, you know. And I'm sure you're okay with me saying this or whatever, but when we get back, we we find this website like Bovada, right? And we spend time on this website that, you know, it's not an app. It's not anything you can really like, you have to go through this website. Half of my debit and credit cards wouldn't even deposit any money into the account because it came off as this like offshore transaction. And then to get your money, 
if it was like a, they, they had to mail you a check and you'd have to wait like almost like 20 business days to get a check, you know? And so we were gambling on, on something like this, you know, because it was just kind of fun. It was like, we, we went to Vegas for the first time ever. We was at the sports book. Like, Oh, I got to get a little bit more of this to the point to where we were willing to risk getting our debit cards shut down, you know, for fraud. And, you know, and of course they were mailing checks because they didn't want you to ever take the money. They didn't want you to be like, never mind, I'm just going to use it. But anyway, I say all that to say it's like, it's designed, you know, for them to win and you to lose. Like that's what it's designed for, you know? Um, and so you know, that's why all of the, the biggest and brightest lights in those buildings and everything in Vegas, and they're up 24 hours a day. And, you know, it's like, you're walking around and you're looking around like, I'm paying for this. Like right now I am paying for this, you know? And so I don't know that like gambling responsibly is a thing because it's, it's definitely designed for you to lose, you know, and it's, and it's a risk. So I don't, I don't know that that's like an, an existing thing. I look at it more so as a game, you know, like uh, I look at it as a video game or as, something that I would pay to go do that I I think is fun. I enjoy, of course, but I love to win, yes. But I enjoy playing fantasy football because it's fun throughout the year. You know, we put in $100, somebody gets paid out at the end. That's a gamble, you know what I mean? But it's fun to do, you know? I enjoy betting on certain games and different things, and it makes me watch those games, and it puts some kind of, like, extra, like, fun incentive in, you know, me watching the game, watching the plays, you know, I enjoy watching sports. So I look at it a little bit more so on the this is fun side of it rather than I really need to get paid out here, you know? Yeah. And so as somebody who, like, you know, bets $10, $5 here, you know, there, you know, on, on every week, you know, like it's always something that I'm like, okay, you know, I'm at, if I'm at the bar, I want to go throw $5 on a papa shot, I'll play papa shot. I want to go throw $10 on a pool table, I'll ten dollars. I want to go put $10 on a parlay. Now I'm watching this game counting rebounds. All right, come on, Jokic, I need three more. You know, like that's kind of how I look at it, you know, in the context. And so, of course, yeah, like you said, you know, you get those, you know, 17-leg parlays, you miss by one because Kevin Durant, you know. But I would say the most responsible way to gamble is to look at it that way, not to look at it as like a lucrative income, you know, like to, to bet as like, I, I need to make more money, you know, but to look at it as like a, a way to kind of, you know, test your knowledge for sports and, and get to watch different games, different ways, you know? Um, yeah. But it can be responsible. Listen, I mean, the other night I lost like $25, right. And I was irritated about it. So now, boom, now it's hit my emotions, right. So it's hit my emotions. I'm irritated about it. I'm up writing. It's 2 a.m. And I look up and I'm like, the Samsung Vipers are playing against the LG Skyscrapers in Korean Basketball League. And I'm literally like, well, my phone's Samsung. So Samsung's going to win. You know what I mean? So I thought I'm trying to win my 25 back. I'm betting on Korean Basketball League that I don't even – I don't know a player's name. I don't even know how long the quarters are. I don't know if there's a 25-point shot in that game. I'm, I'm not sure. There could be a completely different set of rules. But here I am, you know, trying to win my little $25 back because it hurts your pride, you know, that you that you lost. You know what I mean? And so that's what's very, very difficult and very, you know, um, tough to navigate through because a lot of people that have those, those gambling issues don't know when to stop, you know, and think that the next one is the one that's going to get them, you know, the one that's going to, yep. oh, I got this next one or, you know, 
and and with anything you know that's that's dangerous yeah and i mean like shout out to mama ward she said no risk no reward and my point is my her point is is it's not a black and white thing and i think i there are shades of gray to it shout mm -hmm. to smoke kings tv in the building um you know i think to me that's that's the thing though right it's like you like early those early stages especially like early on like you hit like a hot streak right you i mean you place enough bets at some point you're going to win you're going to yeah. have a hot streak right and so then you then immediately after the hot streak comes the 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 losing streak yeah and now you're chasing right so it's like you know my thing was early on i would place bets on the morning games and then based on how the morning games went then yeah. i would place bets on the afternoon games um win or lose but then like when you have like a parlay a six leg parlay and you hit five out of the six and that sixth one is just like i ain't never betting on the falcons again like i told yeah. myself last time don't yep. do it don't trust matt ryan here i am again so now you're like looking at these afternoon games and you're like yo bet like i i got the i got this three-leg parlay right and so like you just end up like you said it becomes a it's a competitive thing it's your pride and now you're chasing and i think one of the great points that they made when talking about in particular the college kids but i think this applies to the adults as well um like you don't when someone is on drugs they're a substance abuse or something like that you can tell right there's a physical change in their mm. in their makeup right their their cheeks yeah. bones get sunken in weight loss weight changes Teeth. yeah Teeth. Eyes. Eyes. right 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 when someone is addicted to gambling like you don't know got a clue they yep. they they look i mean granted their mood might be different because they're mm -hmm. they're they're riding the wave of the game right yeah but like there's no physical change in them so they could be gambling and giving away their entire life yeah and you would you won't know it until they either call you and and open up or until you get that yo did you hear what happened to so-and-so like they lost their house they lost their home their marriage is over their relationships they've several right. relationships because of all these things and you're just like yo like i just was with them you know everything yeah. seemed to be cool and so like you know i would advise people if you if you got folk who are like not granted you know you got people who who are really good at it but if you got someone who is you know heavy into it i'm not saying you got to check in weekly but every blue moon just you know just ask yo how you been like how you been doing on your yeah. bets whatever because like like you said that could be something that people are hiding and dealing with and look I, I make the joke all the time like 1-800 bets off <laughs> you know what i'm saying but like find you a counselor find someone you can talk to who is certified in these things to help walk you through these things to get you off that narcotic if you will um because like once you get in that in that uh in that lane man it could be very hard to get out of it um for yeah. me i was i was always a risk averse person so like i never really bet crazy sums of money i might have bet over 25 dollars maybe three times maybe um i was always a a, a five dollar guy five dollar ten dollar fifteen dollar yeah. guy um and for me the losses are what got me out um i'll share this quick story we can move on i had a nine leg parlay on the nba it's like a five dollar bet i would have netted 1300 1400 bucks all eight legs hit little bit of concern in some of those eight legs i get to the final leg kings uh san antonio this is the end of like 20 this is 2014 so this is the end of the duncan era so this is right? on bovada this is on bovada mm -hmm. end of the duncan era 13 and a half point spread for the kings 
they all they got to do just lose by 13. This is when the, this is this not not the Kings we know now, but the the lottery bound every year Kings stinking up the joint Kings. And that that game hovered around 13, 15 all game long. And then it finally got to the fourth quarter and Tim Duncan and Ginobili and them go on a run and they blow the game open. They win by like 22, 25. I may have placed at that point maybe one more bet on the NBA because that loss was like so crushing to me. It was like, yo, that I was again in, in Vegas. You can never count the bread until yeah, it, it's all zeros. But I was already making future bets in my head with that bread because I know I hit. I knew I was going to win. Like they was key, they they made a run and got it down like a 10 point game. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah we we good. We good. Like. You know what I'm saying? Don't 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 overthink it, Sacramento. Do your thing. You know, and they ended up losing the game, and I was like, "Yo, man, I'm done." Um, same thing with football. Like, just like I said, the Falcons burned me enough times. It's just like, bro, I can't do this no more, man. Yeah, I, can't. I said um, I said it last night in a in a, in a Twitter Spaces, and I'm not saying that this is what you should do or what you shouldn't, but like, if I've ever bet big money, it's always a Tennessee game or like a Chiefs game, you know, because. If you know me, what I do is I say to myself, if I could pay the refs for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, how much would I pay them, right? If it was guaranteed the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, how much right now would I budget out of my account to pay the refs? And I take that number, and then I bet it on the other team. And so I bet it on whoever's playing the Chiefs so that when the Chiefs win – I can feel like, all right, I paid the refs and they won. When they lose, I got money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that—that's literally how I do the emotional hedge every time. If it's a Tennessee game, the same way. All right, cool. And I remember last two years ago, the Hendon Hooker game, the torn ACL. You know, the uh, um, literally, we're a twenty-two and a half point favorite against South Carolina. Mm. They're like plus. They're like plus eight seventy. I think to start the game. If we all we gotta do is beat South Carolina, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt, it might even have just been South Carolina and Vanderbilt. All we gotta do is win those two games and we're headed to the college football playoff. You know, we got one loss, we beat Alabama. I said, all right, cool. I put like $250 on South Carolina. Bro, like that's what I was saying. Like, I'd pay $250 because I know we're gonna beat Vandy. Came out, came out with like close to like two grand or whatever, and just in the hooker tears the ACL, we lose. I'm so mad at life, but I was like, well, at least I got this. <laughs> like you got the money to dry your tears. Yeah, yeah. What was the five nine say? Uh, money doesn't buy happiness, but I rather cry in a Bugatti or whatever, something like that. Or something. Oh, um, that's swoop. That's swoop. Shout out to swoop. Yeah, I think Roy money. said it first, but shout out to swoop. Oh, okay. My fault. My fault. My fault. My fault. Nah, yeah, swoop, money. But swoop, no, yeah, um, that's his hook. But yeah, no, I definitely, you know, we have a group chat or whatever, and I know that, you know, we we, we post some of our bets and stuff in there, and, and I'm, I'm thankful that we do have, you know, uh, a semi, you know, level-headed crew, you know, of, of of guys that'd be like, hey, yo, you good? Yo, Ward, uh, Zhang Wu, ten, table tennis. You don't need to be betting on her. Like, <laughs> go to bed. Yo, I mean, like, shout out to the people who can make 
make a living. I think one of the wildest things. Just so y'all know, I'm not making racially insensitive jokes. These are real people that I've bet on before. (laughs) Like, Like, yeah. (laughs) Listen, I want y'all to know that. Like, it was, it was too, it was too on the money for us not to get that part right. Like, like you just didn't pull that name out of thin air. Like, oh yeah, he. When you said that, I was like, oh, he's definitely placed the bet on on saying to win a table tennis match. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but now, nah, like, I think the wild thing of being in Vegas that first time was like, you know, talking to people. Right. Because I'll say this about the sports book. The sports book is so dope because, like, people are so friendly. Right. They're showing you their betting slips there. We're watching the game together. It's a communal experience. Right. And so talking to it was a black dude. Black dude was like, yo, um, yeah, man, like I live here. I moved here X amount of years ago. And he's like, this is my side job. Like, this is, I got a day job. I think he, something like IT, computer program or whatever. But he was like, yeah, man, I made like, you know, four, five a month. And he starts showing me his betting slips. And he's like, yeah, I'm betting on hockey. He's like, I can't name not one of them. But I make money off of them. I'm like, yeah. wow. Like, like me, like I said, me, like, I'm a sports guy. I think I could do that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, man, I don't know. Like, it again, make sure you check in on your people. The other thing um, was, make- too, and we can, we can switch the topic in a second, was, you know, when we went to Vegas, <clears throat> um, I mean, it kind of goes back to the, it, you know, um, do we have a gambling problem? And is is, is there such thing as gambling responsibly? When we went to Vegas, one of the most difficult things and one of the, like, really sobering things, you know, of being in Vegas was walking into casinos, seeing all the money, right? People just, like, millions probably going, you know what I mean? And then walking out and literally walking over like homeless people that are like right on the sidewalk, you know, like urine here, you know, litter, trash, just people with absolutely nothing, you know. And you're like stepping over them to go in here and watch people throw money away. You know what I mean? And that was a really sobering thing. And that's kind of the picture of gambling. You know what I mean? And and, and so like when you're when you're looking at it, you're just kind of like, man, like. I understand that there's a, some kind of fun and entertainment in in, in putting this money here and watching games and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm sure there are other ways that are better to be using that money because there's a real world out here of people, you know, that, that don't even have that you know, ability, you know, that don't even have a phone to, to download an app. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man. Like I said, make sure you check in on your people, man. Make sure they're doing good. Um, like I said, hopefully – I here's the last thing I say, and we can move on. Hopefully, that the I doubt they are, but the people at DraftKings at FanDuel, because again, they are the reason why we have this ac- access. Obviously, the governments um, help who have bear some culpability in this because they have legalized it, like I said, in 30 states. Um, but hopefully, there are some safeguards and some some type of counseling that are being put in place to help people. And yes gamble if you want to gamble do so but make sure you do as much as possible do so responsibly and if you find yourself spiraling man delete the app bro like delete the app do what you got get accountability do what you got to do because i hate to see somebody out there bad because they made some decisions with their bread and it didn't turn out well for them so y'all let us know what y'all think man what what y'all think about that do you gamble um do you think that our society has a gambling problem and if so how should we address it and if not I like to hear the other side of that too. Hit us up at Brains and Bars on Facebook, IG, um, and Twitter. Um, shout out to Austin Lawrence. He had this question. He says, Ward, you're the Mahomes of Battle Rap. Who's the Brock Purdy of Battle Rap? Who's the Brock Purdy? Um, 
The Brock Purdy is frack. Why frack? Just because, like, I think frack is kind of well. One, he's he's from the Bay. The Niners play in the Bay. Um, two, he Mahomes has about five times the amount of game experience than Brock Purdy, and Frack's only got like ten battles. Like, um, three, like, Frat can get you wins, you know what I mean? And he has very few losses. And I think uh, Brock Purdy only has four losses. Yeah, four losses. He started and finished. Um, there's not a lot of flashiness about Brock Purdy, but he gets the job done. Um, He's he's often looked at as the underdog until you see him play, and then you're like, "Wow, you know, he's, he's really good." I'm surprised, you know. Um, so for those reasons, that's why I'll go frack. Okay, all right. Okay, cool, cool. There you go, Austin. Yeah, got your answer. Great question because you got the first part right. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's talk about this Super Bowl coming up this weekend, Chiefs. Niners, my nightmare scenario has returned four years later. Um, and I want to say they might. Nah, nah, nah. It'll be three years before they play them again because they just played them last season. So um, every leap year, we're going to play them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's let's get into this matchup, man. So I think I had in my notes, we talked about X factors. So if you had to pick or choose, who might you uh, have as, as an X factor in the game? Um, the X factor for me, um, it's probably going to be on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to say Willie Gay. Uh, well, I mean, I would like to go with the whole linebacker core, but I'm going to say Willie Gay. Um, I just think, man, like last year's, last year's, um, <clears throat> team was not nearly as good defensively, but the, the Super Bowl turned when Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton made the play to, to return the fumble for a touchdown. Um, and so I do think, however, at this point, you know, um, keeping, I mean, it's going to be difficult. There's so many weapons there, Christian McCaffrey, Debo, everybody, you know what I mean? They're all going to be healthy. They're all going to be playing, um, keeping them out of the end zone. And then man, if we can force any kind of turnovers, like that's a huge win. Um, I, I would, I would be hard pressed to say the team that, that forces more turnovers is going to win the game. And for some reason, Billy or Willie Gay's a lot. He's, a lot of times, he's around the ball, whether it's recovering a fumble, whether it's a tip pass, or something like that. So I'm gonna go with Willie Gay. Also, think that you know um, those linebackers got to, got to get McCaffrey down before he gets you know second level and pass. Like he, we can't. He can't be averaging seven to eight yards again. I think he's gonna run the ball anywhere from eighteen to twenty-two times. I really would, can see him carrying the ball eighteen to twenty-two times on Sunday, and you know they got to keep him. You know. Um, from making that 20 yard run, that 30 yard run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm with you. I, I have the linebacker crew. If I have to single one out, um, I'm going to go with, uh, with Drew Tranquil. I think this has got to be a big Drew Tranquil game. Mm -hmm. Um, so Bolton and gay are really good, but they have limitations in the past game. Um, for all the chiefs fans who can remember the last couple of years of, screaming why doesn't Willie Gay play more when Ben Neiman was getting all the snaps especially on passing downs I think in part because I think Willie is really good as a run stopper 
I think he and Bolton have limitations in the passing game. They brought in Drew Tranquil to be the replacement for Neiman, right? And Drew has, to his credit, has been really good in the run as well, especially in the playoffs. Um, But he is the guy that, you know, shout out Notre Dame guy um, who started, he was uh, recruited as a safety, bulked up to get to be a, a linebacker rover within the Notre Dame defensive system. So that has served him well at the next level. And uh, to me, it just kind of spinning ahead past the Super Bowl, it makes for an intriguing option of what the Chiefs will do in the offseason because both Tranquil and Gay are up for new deals. And so yeah. who do you sign going forward? But to me, this has to be a big Drew Tranquil game because the thing about the Niners is the Niners can come out in 22 personnel, 21 personnel. And normally when teams do that, it you can key off of, off of that being a run. But Juicewick can be a threat in the passing game. Obviously, yeah. Christian can. George Kittle is one of the best all-around tight ends in the game, right? Um, I'm blanking on the young man's name who's 89 for the Niners. But Werner, he's Charlie. I think it's Charlie. Um, he's not someone who – he's he's basically like the emergency option. If, if Debo, Ayu, Kittle, McCaffrey, right, yeah. are open, then he's trying to find them. But to me, uh, from that side of the ball, I think this has to be a big Drew, Drew Tranquil game because if you can, if the Niners can somehow get, uh, in particular, either Debo because he'll be in the backfield sometimes, or McCaffrey lined up against Bolton, that's a win if they can. Everything else can hold up around Purdy, and he can he can get the ball to him. Yeah. Um, I say X factor for the Niners. I have two. I think one is I'm going to pick on Ambry Thomas because he is the mark, right? If you wonder, if you, if you don't know what the mark is, the mark is someone that you can uh, pick on and be successful, right? Like, excuse me, he's had a, a up and an uneven playoffs, probably more bad than good. Um, I think Traverius Ward is going to be good. I think in key situations, you might see him shadow Kelsey or Rasheed Rice. Diamandro Lenore has played increasingly better as the playoffs have gotten along. So I'm not as concerned about them initially. But to me, Ambry Thomas lined up against Richie James, or if he gets lined up against Rasheed Rice because he plays in the slot sometimes. Um, or or McCole, right? Like that's my concern that he's going to get beat. Um, and then Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave was got a big deal to come to San Francisco and those. While he he does things that don't show up in the stat column, he was signed in part to be a disruptor, getting getting by the guards and getting in the backfield, making stops, getting after the quarterback. And it has not been that for much of the season. It's been very uneven. He's going to be lined up against Nick Allegretti for most of the game. So he's got to win that matchup. He Because the best way to get to Mahomes is you got to get um, – you got to collapse that pocket from the inside. Because Bosa and Chase Young are athletic enough to make life difficult for Mahomes if he tries to break, contain, and get outside the pocket. But he and Buckner um, are going to have to do their jobs, collapse the pocket from the inside, and let your your edge rushers finish the job. So, um, yeah, those are those are to me those are the X factors. Um, man, I know. I mean, obviously, you know. He's one of my favorite players, but I, I mean, I really think Jawan Jennings is like an X, a huge X factor in this game. 
I think extending plays and getting those those what we call third and Jawans, you know what I mean? Like I, we have such the Chiefs have such great defensive backs. You know what I mean? Like forcing those 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 balls to Debo Samuel and Ayuk, you know, are going to be tough. But like you said, if 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 Willie Gay or if some of these other guys, you know, if um, Bush or um, I'm not sure the other uh, Mike Edwards, somebody is, is down there. You know, him extending the drives and getting key third downs that, that can possibly put seven on the board or even three on the board rather than a punt or a field goal are going to be huge um, because we know we always have this saying, like, just, just you know, just in fantasy football, you know, Cotton coined the phrase, like, you know, just get your number. You know, just, just get, you know, like, Debo's going to get his. Ayuk's going to get his. Christian McCaffrey's going to get his. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I, don't, I don't know that that's gonna stop that, but man, if Jawan Jennings, if Jawan Jennings puts up, you know, four for thirty nine, and a, you know, or something like that, and and he's got two first downs or whatever, that it could be huge for the 49ers. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, Jawan is so important because he is like from a basketball term, he's the he's the garbage man. Right. Like he's is this, is he's this the, the real is this real deal's favorite uh the glue guy. He's the <laughs> <laughs> but I mean it's the truth though. Like he's he yeah. is he is like he's not going to put up a a a, a nine catch 130 yard performance with two touchdowns. Like he's not going to be that for you. Yeah, but what he will do, like you said, on a crucial third down, he's going to get open. Right. He's going to block his tail off. Like if you it's been uh, shown several times over and over again, his his blocking highlights throughout the. I don't know if you've heard uh, the coach talk about like how in practice the defense wanted to fight him. Like like that's how he that's how he approaches practice, too. Like they was like, no, this is him every time. Like, you know, absolutely. And so like he's that guy who is the ultimate team guy. Like, again, he, I mean, Juwan is when compared to his his counterparts on that team, no real deal. Right. He's not the most athletic. He's not the fastest guy. He is he is like the gym rat type guy when compared to athletically to his peers. But yeah, he does all those little things that, and he's got that dog he, in him. He has that dog in him, and I love having him on my team. And I love I want him to be a 49er for as long as as possible. Because of that, because you need granted Christian McCaffrey, dog, Debo, yeah. dog, IU, Kittle, like Trent, dogs, right? Brock Purdy's a I dog. Feel like they all look at Javon like that's big dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, like that guy is crucial. Like he's going to be lined up against Trent McDuffie. And look, Trent McDuffie is because he works out of the slot. Yeah. He a dog, too. Yeah. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight this entire time. So, I mean, like, I'm excited. I'd say I hate my computer's not work. I ha- I wish I could figure out what's wrong because I have a rant that I played that after they played um four years ago about shock and the running game and and narratives and all that stuff. And in, in part, you know, a lot was made about at the end of the game about the Niners not running the ball to try to bleed the clock. Now, a couple of yeah. things. I saw a, a Niners content creator, and if this is the truth, this sums up Jimmy Garoppolo in a nutshell. But he said that those plays where Chris Jones was batting those passes down, those were run plays. And Jimmy checked out of them. He checked out of them into a into from a run to a pass. You know, again, the 
they were they were open. Chris just made a good play. But if for some reason the Chiefs are in or the Niners are in this situation again, where it's 20 to 10, they just picked off Mahomes in the end zone and there's 10 minutes left, you can guarantee that 23 is getting the ball. Yes, he is. Yes, you can guarantee. You can guarantee he's going to see the rock a lot. I'll give my prediction on who I got winning this thing. I got the I am I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I got the Chiefs. I'm going to say 2017. No, no, no. I'm going to go 2110. I don't have. This is the best defense of the Chiefs of the Mahomes era by far. And I think they're going to make life a little bit too difficult for Brock Purdy for him to win the game. Um, So. Check one, two. You good? Perfect. Yeah, like I can actually like it's. I don't know. I don't know if it was me or you. Give I'm gonna just play. enough time to go play some bets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. What do you got for this game? We can jump in the battle rap, man. Who do I have winning the game? Yes, I have the Chiefs winning the game, thirty-one to twenty-six. I said twenty-one ten, Chiefs. Wow, you think the Chiefs are gonna hold your Niners to ten points? I think that the defense is going to be too good. Um, I think they're going to make Brock's life really difficult. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. Like, I want I want to – listen, if the Niners win this game, you better believe as soon as that broadcast is over, oh, I'm live. I'm live. If they – and I'm coming back again probably on Monday to recap the recap. Like, I'm, I'm going to be on it. Um, but yeah, I just think I, my concern is defensively, this is going to be a Baltimore Raven like defense that is going to try to trick Brock Purdy, make life really difficult for him. And not that I don't think he is incapable of it, of, of figuring it out. Um, I just think between that, um, the defense has been subpar, and you can be subpar against uh, Jared Goff, you can be subpar against um, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. But we're talking about the best quarterback in the game, and you can't be subpar against him. And I think that's going to be the downfall. The one thing I don't like about your prediction is you think the Chiefs are not going to shoot themselves in the foot and have to kick a field goal at all the entire game. Like they're not they're not just getting three touchdowns. Like it's just not Chiefs. It's just not Chiefs like. But I kick at least one field goal. I could see them having a game kind of like how the Dolphins game in Germany went. Where it's like it's twenty-one nothing, right? And the Dolphins end up making the game out of it in the second half. Um, so I, I can see them jumping out to a big lead, and then they just kind of like the Ravens game. Yeah. Mahomes manages the game; he becomes a game manager. He does what he needs to do to win the game. Yeah. Um, last thing, and we were moving a battle rap. If the Chiefs do win, right, and Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP all time, three. Oh, oh, Two. that was that was an ad placement. Got it. Product placement. Got it. Two. Two behind Two. Brady. Yeah, he's still behind Brady. I mean, come on. He's talking about seven rings, right? Seven? I think Brady got seven rings. Mahomes will be at three by the age of 28. Yeah, he can't pass Brady yet. I mean, you know. If he gets to five, let's say he gets to five. Yeah, because he's a- probably gonna, if he gets to five, he's probably going to have already passed him in every statistical category as well, you know? 
Yeah. Like, I think those matter too, you know? Um, so by the time he gets to five, I don't know. I mean, because Brady played so many years, it might be more difficult, but I think that, you know, Brady wasn't throwing for 400 yards a game his first six, you know, six years or whatever. You know how Mahomes is. I mean, his, so, um, yeah, I think if he gets to five, yeah, you know, it's um, like, I mean, because to me, if Peyton Manning had four, uh, four or five, I would, I would, I would argue that Peyton Manning's a goat. You know what I mean? I yeah. think Peyton Manning's big thing was playoffs and actual rings, you know? And so I think that Patrick Mahomes, um, if he gets another one, he passes up Peyton Manning and Joe Montana, um, in my opinion. Because um, I probably would have him at four right now. Yeah, so I think I think I've seen somebody uh, – I think I've seen somebody categorize it as – Mahomes has the best peak of any quarterback all time. Brady still has the most impressive resume. Yeah. Uh, which I think is which is 100% true. I think that if he wins, man, I still can't put him past Montana yet. If this was like a top 50 list, let's talk batter up and leave him off completely because what he's done has only happened in the last like six years. We're gonna go. maybe maybe in a couple of weeks when there's no more football, maybe we'll we'll I'll see if France one can join us or yeah. or anybody from the Let's Talk Battle Rap team for that matter, and we can have a conversation about this list. Mm-hmm. I personally, not to deviate from the conversation, I understand what they were doing, and with all due respect to you, I kind of agree with what they did there. I don't. You can obviously real deal. You can make arguments for guys like Real Deal, Enes, any of those kind of like YouTube era legends, grind time era legends who have put up an incredible resume and body of work. But again, when you look at kind of guys from your era, Geechee, Nitty, Twerk, I think are the only ones. Av. Okay, Av. I mean, I count Av as kind of late YouTube era, but you can throw him in there. So out of 50 names, four of them are from your era. All the rest yeah. of them are from Lions Den, Grind Time, YouTube, yeah. Smack DVD, right? World Rap Championship. So I understand what he was trying to do. He's paying homage to that era in particular. And so it's going to be hard for guys like yourself, um, a Chef Trez, a JC. I don't think JC wasn't on there, was he? Yeah, he was on there. Okay. Anyway, but you understand the point I'm making, yeah. right? Guys who I think are kind of like within- easy to block captain. Um, Briz Rothstein. I mean, respectfully, I wouldn't, I don't think easy should be in the running for that. He's too. No, too too new too new yeah right everything for easy is within the last like three years like respectfully what he's a, what he's done is impressive but respectfully like yeah guys like yourself chef trez um i'm trying to think of some other guys who are around that that list around your era who should possibly be there but are not but yeah, yeah. so i love to have him talk about it. all right so but I, I getting back to my homes i think that it's hard for me to put him past montana I think he would pass Manny. Man, as much as I love like Marino and Elway, I think he's got to go to three. I think I think he's got to go. I would have Montana in front of him in part because all of Montana's Super Bowl performances were so crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would put I'll put him three at that point. But now does look, it matter? Does it matter yeah. if he wins the MVP of the Super Bowl or not? <clears throat> Mm. 
no, I think a win, whether or not he's an MVP or not, I don't think it matters. Let me ask you this. And we can we we can move on seriously. Shout out Dre Scene. The homie Dre said if Travis Kelsey has a performance like he has in the in the uh Super Bowl, like he had in Baltimore, that he's gonna be the MVP. Do you agree? Of course. Why? If if Kelsey has like an eleven catch, hundred and sixteen yard, one touchdown, the only way he's gonna be the MVP is if if Mahomes throws like a pick or only has like one one touchdown. You know, like Mahomes is they're not they're not gonna give him MVP if Mahomes has two or three touchdowns, two fifty, you know, and goes, you know, twenty one for twenty nine. You know, like Mahomes is still getting the MVP, you know. But let's say Pacheco runs one in, Mahomes throws one touchdown pass, he throws for two two fifty, you know what I mean? And Kelsey's got a 10 catch, you know, 120 yard. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, come on now. What? What? I disagree. Now, he his reasoning was it was it's because Taylor of Wait, Okay, so you're on the same page with him. He said it's a marketing thing. He's like, if he has that kind of performance because of everything that is now surrounding Travis Kelsey, that he is without a doubt. Like he said, no brainer. That is a marketing thing. Damian Williams was the MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> So I'm going to I, – I, we had that conversation, and I disagree from this standpoint. I think Mahomes, in the, after that interception, he leads them on three touchdown drives. Now, yes, Damian has two of those, right? Uh, but he leads them on three touchdown drives. He has the 54-yard pass to Tyreek Hill that breaks the game. That, the biggest gain of the game, or biggest uh, – yeah, biggest gainer from that game. Gets them into the end zone by hitting Kelsey. Leads them back down the field. Scores again. That's the Damian Williams. And then that final drive, I, I say two and a half drives because Damian Williams does the heavy lifting on the last drive because he, he scores a touchdown. I'm not mad with them giving Mahomes the MVP because he had three total touchdowns, right? He ran in one in the first half. Yeah. So I think even though he has the interception, he's got three total touchdowns, probably 250 to 60 yards in that game. And down 10, under 10 minutes left in the game, he leads them on three drives. Damian Williams did have a great case, though, because I think he might have had over 100 total yards of offense and two touchdowns. Yeah, and I just think that Mahomes is going to have to have something like an interception or, uh, you know, 18 for 37, you know what I mean? Like uh, 205, something, something's going to have to be a knock on Mahomes, you know, for, for Kelsey to have 10 catches, 100 yards, a touchdown, and, and, you know, and get it. Now, if I'm not mistaken – didn't Cooper Cup, did he win the M- MVP? He did. So here's the thing. Matthew Stafford threw two interceptions. Okay. Cool. And I think it becomes it becomes harder to justify him being MVP when you turn yeah. it over twice. And Cooper had like nine see. catches for like 90-something yards and I think two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and you got to remember, too, Odell Beckham, who I think might have caught the other touchdown, started off really hot, tears his ACL in that game. Right. And so at that point of the season, Odell had become a really, really good number two. Um, and he was tearing the Bengals up and he gets hurt. So I think that put more pressure on Cooper. He comes through and has a really good game. And so that's that to me, that's why he got the MVP. Well, man, listen, like I don't know. I don't know that the tight ends ever won the MVP of a Super Bowl. I mean, that, that might be a stat to look up. Um, I do believe that if if Kelsey has the same amount of touchdowns as Patrick Mahomes has, <laughs> He's the MVP. No tight end has ever won Super Bowl MVP. And like this year, like, I mean, it just, some things just make sense. You know what I mean? If, if Mahomes throws two touchdowns and Kelsey catches them both, let's say Kelsey has eight catches for 79 yards and two touchdowns. 
You hear me? Okay. I, I to me it all is all because it is a quarterback league and because it is Patrick Mahomes. It will all depend on what those stats look like. And then that next day, super cuts. Come get the MVP fade. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I definitely made that same joke when we were we were at the house talking about that, and my my family was like, I can't believe these people out here talking about Travis Kelsey. You know, is innovated <laughs> the innovator of the of the fade. And I said, man, I said, listen, I said, don't fall going to the super cut. Yeah. Going crazy, like I want yeah. great clips. Yeah, I want. I want the. I want the Travis Kelsey. They going crazy. P fade. Oh yeah, they, they can't wait for that. <laughs> that is hilarious, yo. All right, I'm gonna. I got last thing go out the door on this thing. There are three quarterbacks at this point who have winning records over Patrick Mahomes. Do you know who those three quarterbacks are? <clears throat> Joe Burrow. Yes. Um, Tom Brady. Negative. He's three. He, Brady's three and three. Three and three. Oh, winning record. <clears throat> A winning record over Patrick Mahomes. So Joe, you said there's three of them. Three. <clears throat> um. Is it Matt Stafford or Jared Goff? Jared Goff is two. The Jared third Goff. one, I don't think you're going to you're going to get. So Blake I don't. Bortles. Negative. That would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> he is still in the league. He is a former Marcus Mariota. Uh, you're in the neighborhood. Oh, then it's Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill is two and one against yeah. Patrick Mahomes. So in in his illustrious career thus far, only three quarterbacks can say they have a winning record against him. Um, I think you posted a stat of if he went, he's 14 and three, he would have to lose his next 10 playoff games in a row to that equal pay years. Man. You can't lose two playoff games in a row. Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, he would have to, yeah, he would have to go 10 years in a row of losing playoff games in order to have the same playoff record as Peyton Manning. And that to me, is wild that is insane to me. insane stat man that is just all right stat. all the right other so let's today yeah yeah um, he has the highest i think it's in the i think it's in the last 10 years he is the highest um percentage of winning as an underdog he's nine and nine and three 75 percent of the time he wins as an underdog um wow. and lamar jackson was like 60 65 percent and jimmy garoppolo was third as the underdog, most wins. So, what a bomb! All right, last thing. Actually, I keep saying last thing, but this is the last thing. I want to play this because I'm, my my screen is actually working, man. Yeah. So I promise not to lose my mind like this if the Chiefs happen to win the game, and I get mad about narratives. So, can you see that? Yeah, I can see it. All right, let me see if I can play it. Uh, I got to go. Let me know if you can hear this. I can hear it fine now. I got my headphones on. My furnace just came on and kind of got loud. Fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You get the audacity, the nerve, the unmitigated gall to get on, on social media and tell me that they didn't run the ball against the 26th ranked defense. Let me tell you something. After Derrick Henry owned their soul 
for 225 yards. You want to know what the average per game for the Kansas City Chiefs was for the rest of the season? 89 yards. You're close. It was 95 yards per game they gave up. Based on what the rest of the league did, that would have put them fifth in the league for the rest of the season. You want to throw in the playoffs? You want to know what they were through the when you add the playoffs to that, which is a playoffs? nine game sample size. Playoffs, yes, nine game sample size, <clears throat> ninety eight yards a game, which would have made them seventh in the league. You call yourself a fan and you follow dumb narratives that have not been true for half a season. Hey, one. You're talking to two people who are never going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to send this two shot. Oh, he's getting the full clip. Oh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me get that out of here. The people that actually watch this right now, they're saying, wait a minute, you guys have been doing this for four years. <laughs> You've been doing this podcast for four years. We have no clue. Oh man, yeah. So when was so our first I, episode? How many years ago was our first episode? Ooh, I gotta look that up. Probably like it's gotta be like seven years ago, eight years ago. So you gotta remember, like the first, the first like two or three episodes, I did solo dolo. I think because like you were you obviously your life is busy, so you couldn't join. I just wanted to get it started. So that has to be. It's probably gotta be like seven or eight, to be honest. Yeah. Like it's it's been seven or eight a really inconsistent years, but that's all in the past. Like we're more consistent now. We're more consistent. We're doing more shows. Um, I am more comfortable if you can't make it of getting on here solo dolo doing the show. Um, and so you know, yeah, we getting there. We getting there. Keep rocking with us though. Keep sharing. Keep commenting. Keep keep hollering at people. I actually have people at work um who have who approached me about my TikToks. Um, like, right. yo, I saw your TikTok on online, and not just people I work with, like actual strangers, um, yeah, coming to me, like, yo, I saw, I saw you on TikTok, and I'm like, that's wild. Like, you don't even have my number, right? Because if you have people's number, right, like it's gonna put you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So you know, yeah. We, I'll find out exactly how long it's been, but I think it's been like seven years, seven or eight years. For cool, cool, cool. Hey man. All right, man. Good luck to you in that aspect, man. In the Super Bowl, man. I, I hope you don't. But you know, if there's if there's one of my friends that deserves, uh, I was looking to see if North Carolina blew it again or not. But um, if there's one of my friends, they did uh, that deserves, uh, you know, for for their teams to win. As long as it's not Notre Dame, I'm cool with any of your other teams winning. Dang, they lost at home too. Yeah, they came all the way back. We're down one after being down like by 15 at halftime. Yikes! Eh, yeah, it happens. I mean, every all the top seeds except for UConn is losing. Everybody's losing. Yeah, everybody's losing games. Like everybody except UConn. UConn is the only one who's not losing. Um, yep. So yeah, okay. Well, yeah, they beat Duke. I can, I I know, can live right? with that. Yeah, I can live with that. That's the one game right. I thought they were going to lose too, and they, they they put it on Duke. They, they, didn't, they didn't play around. So let's talk battle rap, man. Let's get into this real quick. We can close out the show. So, um, Smack had an interview he did with Hip Hop Is Real, I believe. Um, covered a, a couple of topics. I know the first clip I saw said that this year he was going to be addressing, you know, like he was tired of kind of being behind the scenes and letting people talk crazy on their name. Um, and so he said he's going to be addressing everything. And then another clip from that interview dropped this week. And Smack said that the big bag era was over, that the money's not there anymore. The sponsorship's not there. YouTube's not paying. And they, you know, you won't be able to see, I think, you know, in that caffeine era, you were getting like an event, like 
once a month, once every other month from URL on top of the app events, like you might see them pop out for a live event, maybe two or three times this year. Um, and so I, you know, there's been a lot of uproar about battle rap is dead because obviously people connect battle rap with URL. And if URL is not flourishing, then battle rap isn't flourishing. So I wanted to get your take on all the, all the hubbub about battle rap and the big bag era and what this means for not only URL, but for the culture in general. Well, um, as someone who uh, is sad because apparently there was a big bag era that I was never a part of, you know, um, no, I think that um, I think what Smack did um, and I think people kind of don't give them the benefit of the doubt URL and how strategic they are. You know, I think a lot of times people just think, you know, these cameras pop up and, you know, Smack just says whatever he's thinking or, you know. I think what he said was a very strategic, you know, um, comment. I think, you know, he wanted to kind of reset the minds of battle rappers and reset, you know, the, 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 the minds of, um, uh, of the fans and just kind of put some things in perspective. And he wanted to publicly say it so that we would have these conversations and so that people would be like, yo, like, oh, snap, you know, Uncle Smack really, really talking that talk. You know what I mean? And so, um. The whole big bag, you know, he could have just said we're not with caffeine anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, because that big bag era was attached to caffeine. So, you know, I mean, a lot of people know they partnered with caffeine. Like, battle rappers were were literally getting double and triple the amount that mm. they were getting at the time for these caffeine events. You know, because caffeine comes with a budget and they say – Use this whole budget. And I don't believe, I mean, I, I'm not like the, on the, in the, com, a complete insider, but I don't believe it was, well, you know, if you, if you can, if you can get them to do it for this, you could pocket the rest of it. I'm pretty sure it was a, hey, here's what we got, pay these guys, you know? So they're like, hey, let me give you this, let me give you this big, this bag, this bag, this bag, boom, 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 you know? All of a sudden, everybody's making a lot more money. That's when you started getting battlers say, I'll, I only want to do caffeine events. I don't want to do the app events. I don't want to do the caffeine events. You know, that's what. You, and I think what happened was, I think URL expected more loyalty out of a lot of the battlers than they than they really got. Yeah. You know, I expected yo, put all of this money and started getting you paid and everything like that. And then at the first chance of, oh y'all still out here complaining. I can't put my battle on YouTube. I can't. I, you know what I mean? Which things I've always said that I, I wouldn't like to have either. But like, bro, I put all this money in your pockets and y'all still out here. You know what I mean? All right, well, bet. Guess what? Caffeine, that whole relationship, I don't know where it's at. I don't know if there's been an announcement made that they're not doing it or what, but it seems to me like caffeine is is scaled back and done you know, doing a lot less. I think strategically he said, yo, guess what? We back to square, you know, we back, we we, we resetting this. We're 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 taking our, our first quarter. We're looking at the budget and then we'll get back to you. But we're not just we're not just throwing this bread, you know. I mean, at one point in time, I don't I don't know. I mean, that Philly, remember, remember, didn't we have Freeway and Cassidy like they were supposed to battle? Right. You know, and then right now, another thing, you got Mook and you got Hitman going back and forth with each other. And they are two of the most, you know, lucrative, big, bad guys in battle rap, you know. And so I don't know if that's another way of him saying, like, hey, I see everything y'all talking trash about the third, you know, but 
I'm not, I'm not, you know, don't, don't come to me. Like I need that, that, that amount. You know what I mean? So I think it's a strategic thing for URL. Um, I laughed, but I think it was very, very true. Um, and I think you saw the tweet too, that Luke Castro said, and he's like, yo, smacks talking about the $50,000 dudes, not you $1,500 like y'all safe. You know what I mean? (laughs) So (laughs) hilarious tweet because you know, it's true. Like you got people on Twitter, like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna, it's like, nah, bro, you you was getting 1500, you was getting a thousand. Don't worry. Your bus ticket still paid for it. They go, you know, we're going to need that content. You're you're good. You know what I mean? I think it was just, I think it was just a message sent to, you know, um, Mook, Hitman, you know, maybe even industry battlers that think they want to jump back in the ring or um, those guys, you know, this is like, yo, like, uh, you know, you're not about to, we're not about to waste our entire budget anymore on these big battles. You know, we got an app to feed content to. We got a roster of 100 people. You know, we're going to invest in these young dudes and we're going to build them up, you know, because those big bags, you know, like an easy to block captain, you know, turn around a jet. It's like, dang, we, ex- we expected y'all to hold us down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's interesting. Um, you could definitely see caffeine. Obviously last year was kind of put battle rap, the battle rap culture on notice. Right. And what you had Kings versus Queens, you had summer madness. Um, I think homecoming was live on caffeine and then known. Yeah. And I don't think four or five events, maybe. Four, yeah, there may have been a fifth one that, that I don't remember, but I don't I think that was it. Yeah, and the so, days of the super fights every month and the days of all of that are you know they're the going light through. works and all of that stuff like that that appears for now to be done at least on, on URL. My hope for the URL is that they are able to uh, to me there are two what two additional ways of getting revenue. I think one, I think it is having people subscribe to YouTube and rebuilding your you're staying that way. If people want to watch the battles, right, you can still feed the app first. For those who want to be faithful to the app, they can do so. For those who want YouTube drops, maybe you don't put the entire catalog on there because, yes, you do want to drive people to the app. But then some of those newer guys that you're trying to build up, in my opinion, or maybe a big time battle that you know is going to get two, three million views. You say, yo, two months, three months after it's been on the app. Now here's a drop for the streets. But if you want to see it first, you got to pay us $8.99 a month, like whatever the subscription rates are. Because I think even iBattle, I think, has a subscription where when they drop, if you don't have the app, when they drop battles on YouTube, if you're a part of their subscriber community, they get it first for like a couple of days, a week. I don't know how, how long the, the, the length of time is. Then it drops on YouTube for free for everyone else to consume. Get that subscription-based service and those who want to pay on YouTube can get it. And then they maybe they wait another month or two and then it drops for free. To me, that's another additional revenue stream. If the caffeine error is done, I don't think it's done because they're still running. If not, maybe URL content, they're running other leagues content, right? Like we've seen, I think, um, uh, Chilla's League. Is it the Shark Tank? Shark? TBL. TBL Shark Tank. They kind of got Okay, 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 okay. Right, TBL Shark Tank. You've seen uh, Tay Rock's No Entourage on there, right? Um, Gates of the Garden has been on there. OSBL has been on there, right? So you've seen different mm-hmm. leagues on the channel. So maybe it's not completely dead, but the day that it completely dies, I would love to see them put everything into their app and then run it straight from the app and have people, if you want to watch um, Redemption 3, which they just filmed, if you want to watch Rookies versus Vets, if you want to watch 
If you are interested at all, then let's sign up for the app and then try to build in, you know, because I do think there's something to this idea of battle rappers who these newer guys who come in, they get on URL, they get on not just URL or RBE or whatever, and they think, oh, I made it. I deserve Tay Rock now. Or I deserve Shotgun Shug now. Or I deserve A-Ward if we're talking like an RBE type battle, right? You got to build up. You can't just come in the door and expect to get the top names, right? You got to, you have to, there has to be something about yourself where you have, there has to be some fan demand. And so if it's possible for even not just uh, URL, but even RBE, I know King of the Dot has done this, right? Where they've given out pay-per-view links to say, you want to buy the pay-per-view Buy it from the battle rapper because that yeah. allows them to to gauge fan demand for that particular artist. Build some of that stuff in so these guys can see, yo, ex battler, you showed up thinking thinking your stuff don't stink or whatever. But when people sign up for the app, they're not signing up for you. They're not buying yeah. this pay per view because of you. So here's we want to do true artist development. Here's how we if you want to be that guy, then you have to get on your p's and q's and make yourself a fan favorite. Make yourself marketable doing blogs, doing all those things. So I think that's, um, I think that's tough because I don't, I don't know if URL wants to know how important some battlers are. If they they want them to know how important they are. And I I definitely know some battlers don't want to know how not important they are. You know what I mean? And so, because my thought process is like, yo, you know, you sign up for the app, right? Why is there not a survey immediately that says, Hey, select five battlers, you know, that 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 brought you to this app not not one because one is like then you got to pick your favorite let's just say you're five you know let's say like oh twerk t-top loso tay rock and Gichi Gotti. boom you know what i mean you can take that and then you can say like hey check this out this is who people come to watch you know what i mean and then you know but then you then when you show twerk that he's the number one guy <laughs> Now Twerk says, oh, that big back era is gone. <laughs> That's funny because, you know what I mean? But I mean, you got to pay. But I mean, you have to pay people accordingly, right? Like, I yeah. think you have to be careful not to overinflate. But I do think you know who your stars are, right? Like, like I think Tay Rock talked about it. Like, I don't think he's going to be taking a pay cut, right? I don't think Twerk in the run that he's been on, I don't think URL can say to him, well, remember when you were choking and you had to do a a band battle against chess to get the the public sentiment back on your side. Like they can't do that right now. Twerk has been one of the, on the best runs in a minute. Here's what's tough, man. And I don't even know if saying this puts me in, you know, because I'm definitely, you know, I've definitely don't want to make enemies. Right. But here's the tough part about it is this is a multimillion dollar business, Right. Um, when I hear Smack talk about Big Bag Era's gone, I don't hear Smack saying, I'm not making as much money as I used to. Right? I, I, I don't look at it that way, right? So what I am saying is URL with caffeine and with the amount of events that they were putting on and with them trying to become a monopoly on the culture and trying to sign everybody and get these guys and get them on exclusive and you're over here, right? With that, they provided employment and job opportunities for a lot of battle rappers, a lot of battle rappers. And for a couple of years, two, three years, they gave them opportunities to make thousands of dollars every month, Right. A lot of battle rappers got used to making thousands of dollars of every month. Guess what they did? They started living a different way. They buy a car. They quit a job. They do this. I'm I'm one of Smack's gunners. I'm making this. I'm making this. I'm making this. 
boom, the well runs dry. Just like a drug dealer, right? Just like a drug dealer, you got your fiends that need that, right? Now, these same fiends, okay, you do this battle on a, on a week notice, two week notice for this amount. Yeah, yeah, because I need bread. I need content. I need money. You need content, you know? And now you're starting to get lack of quality in battles. You're starting to get forced battles. You're starting to get all of this stuff and you're starting to get battlers, you know? And I'm not, I'm just using Tay Rock as an example who used to just be able to do two or three battles a year. And now you're popping up and you're like, yo, Tay Rock's battling here and he's battling here and he's battling here. And I don't want to say that to say that Tay Rock is one of these guys. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, yeah. but there's, there's this, a, this quality control and this like content driven forced, like everything just to get battles, 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 battles that was like driven up from, you know, everybody being like, yo, I'm making bread. I'm making bread. I'm making bread, you know? And it's, it's a tough situation, but like when Smack says, Hey, the big bags are gone or whatever, you know, trying to reset the culture and trying to get people to hey, you know, you're gonna realize you gotta take a little bit less, you gotta take a little bit less. You know, I don't understand. I mean, I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know like what the what the foreseeable future looks like if he's saying like events are scaling back or if he's just saying the money is scaling back, you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, I feel like it's both. Like, I feel like to me, I think URL is going to have I, they've always put on four or five app events a year at minimum, at least from my knowledge, not knowing off the top, just off the top of my head, you're always going to have four to five. But again, we probably won't see Kings versus Queens this year, right? I think we're going to get Gnome, Summer Madness, maybe Homecoming. And a volume, probably a volume. Maybe because they can they can pull it off as a small room, small room yep. event. But, I mean, if we're lucky... And again, to me, that's not a bad thing. I think to me, it forces MCs to go on the road, go to a riot, a Black Ice, Black Ice is back, right? I know Chicago's had some events, um, OSBL, Shark Tank, No Entourage, right? If Bullpen, right? It forces them to hit the road, take their game on the road and see how it translates because I do think in some instances, Always performing at home can be a detriment to you because mm-hmm. you're used to getting that crowd response. I think it forces them to get on their grind and it's going to be a sink or swim. Listen, there may be guys who ultimately have to leave the culture because they have to get a nine to five and there's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that. And they just cannot because of the cutbacks, because there's not an event every month or every other month that they can get on a band legacy or um, a one rounder zone, a light work, whatever. They have to get a Donna Five, and there's nothing wrong with that, man. Do what you got to do to feed your family and survive. But I like for those, Real Deal's tweet. Did you see Real Deal's tweet? He's like, Now, what he say? He said, um, with Smack saying, you know, the big bags are gone, and like, now everybody having to get jobs. Like, is it now going to be cool to have a job in battle raps? <laughs> you know, like, you know that, listen, man, battle rappers are like lawyers, they can take anything and spin it into a negative. Anything and spin it into a negative. But no, nah, I mean, like these guys are gonna have to get on the ground and either it's sink or swim time, right? Either you got what it takes to do this full time, or again, there's nothing wrong with saying, yo, the bag's not there, the opportunities aren't there. I don't have a demand outside of URL right now. So let me go find something hopefully legal to do yeah. that can hold me down until I can get back 
I get back in that ring. And on I a use that basis. analogy just from experience. You know me, I battle a lot. You know what I mean? Like when you battle a lot like me and you're used to like battle rap checks, you know, I, I keep my, I kept my full-time job. I never went full-time battle rapper. You know what I mean? But when you're used to battle rap checks coming in and the well runs dry or now, Hey, I'm only battling once, you know, in a couple months or whatever, you know, you gotta start like, dang, what if I get a one rounder in North Dakota? I ain't never battled there before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's tough. It's tough because you know, if you're a professional battle rapper, if you do this like on a full time level, like a bunch of us, like, you know, like you enjoy doing it, you enjoy getting paid, you know, to do it. And so it's it's definitely tough to navigate through. But, yeah, I think I think the URL is just kind of reset, trying to reset the minds of some people in how they approach it, because, you know, there's probably some still battlers that are just like, yo, but I just got paid this last year for this. And it's like, I don't know, I hate to tell you, bro, but that money last year ain't, ain't the same money as this year. So final question, we can get out of here. If you were on that roster and I mean, we're going to call it for what it, we're going to say for better or worse is budget cuts, right? You know that you won't be able to hit the URL brand as much as you did in 2023 and previous years. What's your game plan to make sure that you are, are still active and your name is still out here in the streets? What's your game plan? Well, um, <laughs> so you know one thing if i'm on the roster like the one thing if i'm a roster guy right like I, I, this is my league right i'm having an honest conversation with them you know i'm having an honest conversation with them that says hey i'm a part of your roster you know what i mean you're saying here's these budget cuts that's fine i'm rocking with you however you understand just the same way i understand it if you're budget cutting this and this is the expectation for me I need your blessing and I need to, you to understand that I'm going to go find a way to, to compensate myself for what you're not able to do for me, you know? And, you know, so, so I'm looking at different options that way because I'm not, what I'm not going to do is like, nah, forget that and just run over here and jump on another competing league, you know, and dis, you know, dis smack in my third round, talk about he ain't got big back. I'm not doing that, you know, because like I said, I really, I think, I think smack just wants to see who's loyal. He wants to come out and say, yo, they, the bread ain't there like it was before. And he wants to see who's making blogs right now talking crazy. He wants to see, you know what I mean? He wants to know, like, who was in it. Like, yo, I'm riding with you. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. riding with you to the wheels fall off. So I'm having that conversation with them. Like, hey, you know, like, uh, if, if you're saying I can only get two, three battles this year, you know what I mean? And the expectation is here. You know, here's where my expectation is. Here's what I want to do, you know? Okay. So they say, that's cool. Just no Chrome, no RBE. You can battle anywhere else. KOTD, we cool with. Riot, we cool with. John John, we cool with. I battle, we cool with. Just not them two. I say, you know what? I'm going to do my best to uphold to that, you know, conversation that we've had. And if in the next quarter, three, four months, it, it's it's not working out, I don't know what to tell you. Except RBE. <laughs> like, like that's that's all I'm saying. It's you know, like you, you can't, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you know, it's like working for any other company. You know, your your job comes and says, Hey, boom, you know, like, you know, hey, we're doing budget cuts, you know, but you can't go work at Home Depot. You work for Lowe's, you know what I mean? I got the decision to say, guess what? I really do rock with y'all, but I quit. You know? And so that's that's gonna be the tough thing. The, the thing about it is though, is this URL. You know, it, it, you can't really quit URL. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's very, very few, few people have quit URL. 
and you and and URL doesn't. From what I from from the from what I feel is I feel like URL will always bring you back. Like Vada says, if you cook and they book and they'll always find a way to get that you know to get that person back. There might be a couple people that are on there will never book you again, but you know. I mean, I'm not saying that they've had that conversation, but boy, it's been a long time since Ill Will been over there. Um, it's been a long time. I mean, I say that they can, they can, they will freeze you out. I remember when um, Summer Madness Seven, um, when all the rappers are choking, Floyd Mayweather's there. Oh, every yeah. battle, every battle rapper got booked within like the next four, four, three to four months, except for Matt Hoffa. Matt Hoffa sat. For a good minute, he might have went to RBE in that meantime, but yeah. he was not booked for a minute. So while they will, I think at some point bring you back, and maybe that's and maybe that's a behind the scenes conversation too that has to happen of mending offenses, or whatever. Because I do think, like you said, I do think they are not as so hard hearted that they will never bring you back. But I think there has to be some conversation that happen behind the scenes. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. Like that's our time. Anything else you want to say on that before we close it out? Yo, we got five battles in a row starting this weekend. A-War versus Hunter Bullets this weekend in Ottawa, Ontario. Next weekend, Rochester, New York, upstate New York. A-War versus Story St. James on on-site Battle League. The next weekend, A-War and Loso battling Mac Myron and Clean Paper in a one-rounder on Anybody Can Die Battle League. The battle is in Pontiac, Michigan, in Mac Myron's backyard, literally in his back. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if it's literally in his backyard or not. Um, a week after that, A-War versus Bonnie Godiva, headlining in New York City on Queen of the Ring. Um, and then a week after that, A-War versus Bangs in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, so um, whenever you guys ask me at the end of every year, in the beginning of the next year, A-War, are you going to do as many battles this year as you did last year? And I always say, well, you know, I don't. The answer is yes. <laughs> so I've already done one. I got five. I have six booked. Um, I have five announced. Another one booked. And then it's supposed to get a deposit this weekend for quite possibly the biggest battle of the year for me. So be on the lookout. Be excited. And we'll talk after you click the we're not live button anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like that last one. I'm like, wait, wait. I ain't heard about that one. Okay. Cool. So. Dates. So, uh, <laughs> uh, let me get this last comment on the way out the door. Man, listen, <laughs> listen, I can go pull the clip of him saying, yeah, I think I'm going to battle like eight to ten times next year. I think I'm going to take it easy, chill out. And then now it's five battles in five weeks. So, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. But, All right, man. Yeah. However, my rounds for bullets are done. I have almost a round done for Bonnie. I have a half a round done for Story St. James. Like I'm low key way ahead writing wise than I've had. Like normally, you know, I'm writing the day before, you know, for the battle. So I battle bullets on Saturday. All three rounds done, mostly memorized. So I'm writing right now for for everybody else. So I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Mama, I can't tell you this one. I can't tell you this one, Mama. Mama, Mama's on too many blogs. She's gonna slip up. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna restore order. Announces a ward versus you know. No. Dre, I'll tell you when I'm done. I'll tell you when I'm off the line. Off the line. Call me on three way is like the most old man thing. Like y'all, y'all really, y'all, y'all gotta, y'all gotta go on somewhere. Call me from your landline. 
right. So please remember, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for It's a Black and White Thing or Brains and Bars. Please rate, review, subscribe, hit the notification bell, um, share, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's them boys again. Um, You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook by searching at Brains and Bars. Leave, follow, leave comments, share that as well. Um, I am award.com. I am awardmerch.com. I am awardshop.com. It's been so long since we've actually shouted it out. I need to see. It's either I am awardmerch.com or I am awardshop.com. I think it's I'm one of the other. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. Until social media. And uh, yeah. Until next time, it's been a black and white thing, man. I'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all be easy. Go, Niners. Hey. Mm-hmm.